Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast with Mike Tagliere and I'm Bobby Sylvester. We're on Twitter at Mike Tagliere NFL and at Bobby Fantasy Pro. And today we've got our Week Nine DFS show for you. Tags, how's it going, man? It's um, it's been a weird start to my day. I mean, I gotta admit, I was uh, going through my my child's candy and um, I I picked out some Starburst, so that was not part of our draft. However, I do like Starburst. I went and opened the package and I got two yellow ones, so I was not I was not very happy about that. And by the way. The pink ones are the best, and uh, there there is no other option. I didn't think we would really ever agree on something like that. And I'm going to make your day a little bit weirder here because I have a quick question for you. Uh-oh. If you had to choose where you were going to get hit with a softball, like thrown really hard or hit really hard, has to be above your shoulder, where are you picking? Above my shoulder? Above your shoulder. I mean, that leaves me with my neck or my head. Yeah, but like what part of your head or what part of your neck? I mean, I don't think anybody wants to get hit in the neck because that, that, that pain that you get in the neck doesn't go away. I've been hit by a pitch before, but never in the neck area. Is this a this is a, a fast pitch softball, you said? I mean, someone just crushing a softball. Like, you're playing third base and you get hit by softball. Oh, okay, you're putting your body in front of it. In the head or the throat or the neck. I guess I will go with the forehead. Uh, the forehead is the hardest part of the body. I feel like that's going to give you concussion, though, man. Like, I'll take side of the neck. Oh, no, no. I mean, I don't want to get hit in the throat, and I don't want to get hit, like, in the spine or anything like that, but I feel like you get hit in the head, you're getting a concussion. No, top of the head, hardest part of the body. Learned that from the movie Gladiator, the best one, by the way. Not the Russell Crowe one. That's not the best one. The best one is with Tommy Riley. Uh, That is a Cuba Gooding Jr. movie, and Brian Dennehy's in it from back in the day, and that is, like, one of my favorite movies of all time. Where's the worst place to get hit? Probably the neck, honestly, like, because the thing is, like, I mean, your jaw might hurt because that's like, obviously that could break, but the neck would be terrible for me because it's not only the initial pain, not the mouth. Mm, I mean, I mean, have you ever gotten to a fist fight? No. Mouth injuries go away really quick. No, no. Who would dare fight me? I'm a world record. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, from when I was a kid, I remember my mouth healing rather quickly uh, from like when you get into a fight. But I mean, there's boxing things I've done, but I, I the neck for me is like that has recurring effects. Like legitimately, when you go to sleep, you're going to feel it in your neck. You're going to wake up. It's going to be stiff. There's just the neck is the worst. Better than not being able to see the rest of your life. I think you're off on this one, man. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm sure we'll get added on Twitter about all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, today we're talking DFS. There's really no news to talk about tags. So we're just going to get right into it. But first, I want to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's show, Pristine Auction. And through Pristine Auction, we're giving away a signed Devante Adams Packers helmet. That contest ends Sunday. So you're going to want to make sure to get your entry in now at fantasypros.com slash contest and pristine auction if you haven't checked it out they've got hundreds of items up for bid that end every single day there's some great prices that you're going to find on there just yesterday i saw a signed aaron donald rams jersey that went for just 67 bucks i signed xavier rhodes vikings logo football that looks pretty awesome it was like purple and black went for 45 bucks you can add this to your man cave and there is something for every team everything is guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources and these prices i'm talking about there's no like extension onto those prices. Like they don't have any secret fees or anything. What you bid is what you pay. It's really all it comes down to at pristineauction.com. That's P R I S T I N E. Remember to enter the contest at fantasypros.com slash contest. Hey Bobby, real quick, since you mentioned Aaron Donald, I feel the need to say this because this stat is ridiculous. There was some uh there was someone from LA that that said this tweet. I can't remember who it was, but Aaron Donald has been, according to NFL's next gen stats, he, Aaron Donald has been double teamed 70% of the time. Whew. Like the next closest player is 46%. That's JJ oh, Watt. Oh man. And yet Aaron Donald still leads the NFL with 10 sacks. The next closest player is JJ Watt with eight. He's got 10 sacks already as a defensive tackle. Yep, and he's double teamed 70% of the time. Holy cow. Is, is he the maybe the best ever? I mean, I don't know if I'd say the best ever. There's a lot of really, really good defensive linemen in like through history, but he is definitely, uh, I think he's the best defensive player in the NFL right now. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think he has been for a few years. All right, man, so here's how we've been doing the show. Uh, we're going to keep going this way. We're going to talk about FanDuel and DraftKings, the main slate. It's only the Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon games, so that leaves us with 10 games this week. Man, that's not very much. Um, But there are a lot of good options. And at first, we're going to talk about cash games, position by position. So quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense. And then we'll circle back around and talk about GPP. Those are the tournaments where you need to take a few more chances. Uh, And then at the end of the show, we'll give our lock of the week and our stack of the week. Tags moving on over to quarterback. 
Is it Patrick Mahomes, even with the price, just based on how he's been playing? I'm going to say no. You know, his price is obviously up there. They're going into Cleveland. Cleveland's, like, their pass rush has been really good. And, like, the thing is, Denzel Ward is starting to shadow some wide receivers. So I'm curious to see how they handle this uh, because they have been allowing a few big plays as of late. But the reason that I'm staying away from Mahomes this week is because I'm worried about Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill suffered a groin injury. Um, he was he did practice yesterday, so I don't want to sit here and say that um, he's someone that you should avoid completely. But at the same time, if he's dealing in cash games, you avoid him though for sure. Like, and that's how I feel about Mahomes. It's like if you take away Tyreek Hill, you take a bi- away a big element of that offense. And this is a week where it's like Cleveland has been pounded against the run. So I just I don't feel like Patrick Mahomes is going to have to throw for a whole bunch of yards this game. I think Tyreek Hill being potentially limited, I think that's going to limit the ceiling of this offense. I just think it's a week where you don't necessarily need to. When you want to, when you pay up for Patrick Mahomes, you want it to be against a team that you can know that can keep pace with them. And one that ideally can help slow down that run game because Kareem Hunt has been ran, running fantastic as of late. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes on DraftKings. He's expensive. He's 7,100. Next closest is 66 and then 63. On FanDuel, though, $9,500 tags. The next closest is 8,600. That's Cam, 8,400. Um, so that is way up there. I want to have spent 9500 on FanDuel for Tom Brady in 2007. There's no chance I'm spending it on Mahomes against Cleveland. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Like I like me with Mahomes, I have him as like my number five quarterback this week. So I mean, like I'm not particularly high on him. I, I don't think he's a bad play, and I don't think you could ever cross him off your tournament list. But at the same time, in cash, there's no reason. Okay, so in cash, who are you looking at? Is it Cam Newton? There's a, there's a, there's three guys actually, and they're all in like the same tier. Cam's not a bad play, but he's 6,600. I think McCaffrey can get some things going in this game. He's the number three fantasy quarterback right now, and he gets his easiest matchup of the season. He's also got a shoulder injury, though. That's why I'm staying away from him. Well, right. And But the thing is, is like the Panthers can legitimately choose what they do to this team this week. And if they wanted to put it on the back of Christian McCaffrey, who I think is an awesome play, they could do that. Uh, like you can literally do what you want against Tampa, especially with this front seven ailing and dealing with injuries and missing three of their seven starters. There's a lot of issues up there. So I think this is a week where they do run the ball a lot more than they have in weeks past so the three quarterbacks I'm looking at is Kirk Cousins at 6200 um, that's an indoor game you don't have to worry about it he's at home he's against Detroit and I know that some people it should be close it's a divisional game so but it's the first time that the Lions are going to be playing against him but the reason is because like people don't realize how bad the Detroit Lions defense actually is they've only faced 200 pass attempts this year which is the lowest in the NFL, okay? We know that the Vikings are going to throw the ball, right? So when you look at the Lions defense, they allow the second highest touchdown percentage in the NFL at 7.5%. They allow the third highest or fourth highest yards per attempt, 8.6 yards per attempt. They're allowing a 67% completion rate. Like, if a team throws on them, they allow it. So Kirk Cousins is an awesome play. Again, you don't have to worry about the factors outside. That game's in a dome. So you named one of my three favorites. What about the other two? The other two are in the same exact game, and it's Jared Goff and Drew Brees. That game has an over-under of 60 points. That's only like the second time that's happened in the last uh, five years. Playing in New Orleans, like that game is going to be a shootout. And the reason it's going to be a shootout, the reason I love these guys so much, and the reason they're worth every bit of their, their salary is that when Todd Gurley doesn't run for touchdowns, Jared Goff is throwing multiple touchdowns. Like he's like he's been like a top five quarterback most of the time. When Drew Brees, like when his run game isn't scoring touchdowns, Drew Brees is throwing touchdowns. So you look at the matchups and you say, the Saints have been, they've allowed the fewest rushing yards in the NFL through eight weeks. So they haven't been allowing much on the ground. Then you look at the Rams, who haven't really allowed much either. I want to say that uh, Aaron Jones scored the second rushing touchdown against them this season last week. So when you kind of add everything together, it's like the matchups in the passing game really align for both of these guys as Drew Brees, you know, the matchups he has with Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith, the matchups that Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods and now Cooper Cup coming back. It's it's so tough to choose which one. I'm probably going to go at Jared Goff, I think, because he, he's $100 cheaper and he has all of his options back. And again, the Saints have been really, really good against the run. If I'm not mistaken, no running back has topped 70 yards against them on the ground. Yeah, I mean, I think these two are both quality plays. I just don't want to spend that much on a quarterback. Um, and if you're saying Drew Brees is a bad play because he's only thrown the ball, you know, 29, 30, 23 times last three weeks, keep in mind he's had two good matchups, Tampa Bay, He went 37 for 45 with 439 yards and three touchdowns. That's 32 fantasy points. And then face Atlanta, he went 39 for 49, 396, five touchdowns for 41 fantasy points. When he needs to pass, he passes. New Orleans, I mean, he's the most efficient quarterback in the NFL. New Orleans can do whatever they want. And I think they're going to choose to pass this game, Tags. 
Well, that's the thing. You look at the last two weeks against Baltimore and Minnesota, two tough matchups. So, I mean, to see his stats lowered is not, like, crazy. But, again, I, I'm attacking a game where the over-under 60 points, like, I want parts of it. And, again, the matchups just align so well here. I think Goff's probably the safer play, considering, like, you know, Kamara and Ingram can score three touchdowns and you wouldn't blink. Whereas Todd Gurley, I don't see him running for three touchdowns on the Saints defense. So, uh, I think I think it's Jared Goff for me as a cash game quarterback. What about Ryan Fitzpatrick? He's so cheap, man. It's a good matchup. He's cheap. He's not bad. But again, it's like, so I don't know what it is on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, he's only 500 cheaper than Jared Goff. So I, I don't look to take that risk if I don't have to. Like, if you really, really are desperate for money, you can go down to Alex Smith. He's 1,300 cheaper on FanDuel. Yeah, that's, I, I still don't want to trust Fitzpatrick because I feel like if he comes out and like he struggles in the first half, let's say he throws one touchdown, but then he's picked off twice, they might go to, to Jameis Winston in the second half. Like I think that this team, there, there's no reason to go to him in cash. But, I mean, Alex Smith against the, the Falcons, I don't think that that's a bad play. I mean, I'm worried that he doesn't have his pass catchers. I don't know what's going on with Chris Thompson. I don't know what's going on with Jameson Crowder. But I will say this, the Falcons, ever since losing Keanu Neal and Deion Jones, they have allowed every single quarterback uh, they've played at least to finish in the top 10 that week. All of them have scored at least 20 fantasy points. So it's a really good matchup. He's only 5,000 on DraftKings. So, I mean, it allows you to do some crazy things in your lineup, but I'm probably just going to pay for Jared Goff. You still haven't named my cash game quarterback. Any guesses who it is? Um, Matt Ryan, maybe? Well, Matt Ryan's not a bad It's Mitch Trubisky, man. You should know this by now. Why would I go against him? I'm not playing Trubisky. I know you're not playing Trubisky, but I'm playing Trubisky. I'm going to play the Bills defense, though. I might play the Bills defense and Trubisky. <laughs> Trubisky is a good price. He's probably going to turn the ball over two times. But you know what? Like I mentioned on the last podcast, right now Trubisky is on a four-game streak that is a, that is the second-best four-game streak in fantasy football history for a quarterback. He is getting the job done. I know it hasn't been especially pretty, but he's going to rush the ball for 50 yards. I think he's going to throw 300 passing yards against Buffalo. I'm playing Mitch Trubisky until his price rises or until he slows down. You can go ahead and do that. I'm not I'm not doing it. Like the past four weeks he's been better than Patrick Mahomes and he's two thousand dollars cheaper. He's in a better matchup. I, I don't think he's in a better matchup. That's the thing. Like so Buffalo has only allowed ninety eight rushing yards to quarterbacks all year. They haven't allowed a rushing touchdown. Haven't faced Mitch Trubisky. Well, the thing is, they play a lot of zone defense. Zone defense does allow you to contain mobile quarterbacks a lot better than, like, when he lit up New England's defense, they run a lot of man. So what happens when, when you run man coverage is, like, the defender's backs are often turned to the quarterback, and they don't have a – unless they have a quarterback spy on him, which most man coverage teams don't, zone coverage allows you to defend quarterbacks much more, and it forces them to throw the ball. So All right, man. Anyone else you would even consider? Maybe Baker Mayfield face Kansas City? No, no. I mean, the salaries just don't make sense. There's just too many like players that like. I'm I'm really curious to see how the ownership is going to shake out in cash games this week because there's so many top guys and good matchups. Like you mentioned with Cam Newton, people want to play Mahomes. You know, Kirk Cousins, Drew Brees, Jared Goff. Like you, you mentioned, Trubisky. I'd imagine he's going to have some ownership because his salary's down. I, I imagine Matt Ryan's going to have some. But yeah, no, I don't think there's any reason to go cheap. If I did, it would be for Alex Smith. We have a lot of people on Ryan Fitzpatrick on FanDuel because of his price. And then on DraftKings, the most popular play expected is Cam Newton, followed by Jared Goff. Patrick Mahomes is up there. Kirk Cousins, Drew Brees. Um, so it's going to be really spread out on DraftKings. We'll see on fan. That's at least our projections, and they tend to be pretty much uh, right on the money. Let's move on over to running back. And you mentioned that this is probably a good week for Kareem Hunt. Is he your top running back play? Yeah, he is. Um, like the thing is, is like it's really tough for me this week because like I I've told you the past f few weeks that I'm paying up for Todd Gurley until he lets me down, and he has not let me down yet. And it, it happened again last week. Even after a, a relatively slow start, uh, he finished with 195 yards and a touchdown. It should have been 198 yards and two touchdowns, but he took a knee at the end of the game because it was what was best for his team. Uh, I can't fault him for that. Uh, New Orleans Saints, I mean, this defense, as I mentioned, they do stop the run extremely well. It's it's one of those weeks where I don't feel great about paying up for Gurley, but at the same time, I don't ever like not having him in my lineup. And especially, it's like he's going in the afternoon games, but the Saints run defense, just to give you guys an idea, they've allowed just 2.87 yards per carry on the year. Uh, they're allowing just 1.6 fantasy points per target to running backs. Like all of these things are like some of the best numbers in the NFL. There's not a glaring weakness in their run game against the Saints or, uh, you know, through the air to them. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I would play Gurley even at his price, but it's against New Orleans. So no. Talking about the over-under in this game, that's what scares me because it's like if this this game turns out to be 35 to 28, you know, 35, 31, something like that. 
Todd Gurley's going to have a lot of fantasy points. And that's the thing. It's like, we know that he's he's very usable in the passing game. You could almost treat him like a wide receiver. So it's it's really tough to pass on him. But with that being said, I do think that Kareem Hunt is the best player on the board. Yeah, we need 26 Fanduel points from Todd Gurley to hit value. Right now, his consensus projection is at 24.4. So it's actually pretty close. It's a lot closer than almost anybody else for value. But then you have to get all these other cheap plays in your lineup and those guys aren't anywhere near close so it's a a value over replacement type of deal and I don't think Gurley's a bad play I would have him in my top five or six options this week but I'm spending up on Kareem Hunt I'm also spending up on Christian McCaffrey tags yeah McCaffrey it's really interesting like because like the thing is he's a hundred dollars more expensive than Kareem Hunt and I'm obviously like Hunt is like the best play on the board Hunt is going against a Browns defense that has been like legitimately torched against the run recently and and probably it probably has to do with the fact that their defense is on the field a lot like opponents are averaging more plays against them than any other team in the NFL and they're getting worn down so it's like you know we, we have a change of the guard at the head coach. Like, does Greg Williams get the best out of these players? I don't think that anything changes with Greg Williams in terms of defense because he's obviously been the defensive coordinator. But there's been four times where they've allowed 130 or more rushing yards alone to opponents this year, twice to someone who's also a power back, and that's James Conner. James Conner is a similar running back to Kareem Hunt. Not as good. I would say Kareem Hunt's a better running back, but Kareem Hunt is running like out of his mind right now. Even if you go back three weeks ago, Melvin Gordon posted 130 rushing yards, three touchdowns against this defense. Kareem Hunt, there's really no reason he shouldn't be in your lineup this week. I agree with that. I've got Kareem Hunt, Christian McCaffrey in there. Uh, James Conner's awesome, but at Baltimore, I can't use him. Uh, Melvin Gordon is dealing with a hamstring injury. Who even knows if he plays? But the other guy up there who's really expensive Alvin Kamara, I don't think he's a bad play either because he's going to be used in the passing game for sure. That's another concern, and this is the reason I like Breeze and uh, Goff so much. When you look at the Rams and what they've done, so against the run, like the thing is they can be exposed against the run, but most teams aren't able to run the ball very much against them because they're often trailing in games. Now, looking at the stat that I really cared about when looking at this game, they have allowed just four yards, like 4.0 yards per target to running backs. That is the second lowest in the NFL behind only the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens obviously were able to keep Kamara in check. He finishes the RB16. He only got two targets in that game. Well, that's the thing. Is like It might be because they defend the position so well. They're only allowing 1.19 PPR points per target to running backs on the year. The thing is, is both of these teams really do well up front with their front seven, but their secondaries are the weakness, and that's where they need to be attacked. I'm not saying that Kamara is not a good tournament play because he's a type of player that... At, like Gurley, who could score three touchdowns in a game and you wouldn't blink, uh, especially talking about a, a game that has a 60-point over-under. But um, I don't think he's safe enough for cash games. Agree. He's got 12 carries per game since Ingram came back. And yeah, he's probably going to get some targets, but I don't think he'll be used as much in the passing game as usual, like you said. Yeah, I mean, Breeze is going to throw more, so I mean, I think Kamara sees some targets, but it's the thing is, if the Rams keep playing it the way that they have, they've been they've been containing opposing passing games, so underneath. He's got less than five targets per game since Ingram came back. Before then, he had, let's see, 12 per game. Wow! He had 12 targets per game? Well, Breeze, to be fair, like, he also, I think he set the record one of those weeks for most targets for a running back in a single week. It was like 20 targets in one game. Uh, but to be fair, Breeze was throwing the ball a lot more in those games. Like, he's really dialed back the pass attempts. So to see Kamara with even averaging five targets per game is kind of remarkable. But yeah, at 7,300, I mean, I would rather pay up for Christian McCaffrey. It's 500 more on DraftKings. I think McCaffrey has the better matchup. All right, so let's go down to some cheaper plays. Obviously, these are more relevant on DraftKings because they can get really cheap. Like Philip Lindsay is 5500, Nick Chubb is 4500, Chris Carson at 47, Duke Johnson even at 3800. I know he's not usually a great cash game play, but for that price, he might be. Do you like any of these guys tags? Um if you want to go really cheap, I mean like I, I don't I don't think Duke Johnson's a bad play at 3800 because like obviously he's so cheap, but there's so many unknowns here. I don't think his usage can go any lower than it's been and Kansas City has really 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 struggled against pass catching backs. So we'll see what Freddie Kitchens does, their new offensive coordinator. Um I don't know if he can change much in a span of like, you know, 5 days to get ready for this game. But if you're looking for a cheap running back that's guaranteed some touches, I, I don't know if you'll ever hear me say this again, but I think Isaiah Crowell is a good play uh, at 4200. Yeah, he's not a bad play. He's not a bad play on Vandal either. He's 5,700. I mean, over the last three weeks, here's what Miami has allowed to opposing running backs. Uh, 175 yards and a touchdown to the Texans, 209 yards and a touchdown to the Lions, and then 108 yards and a touchdown to the Bears. So these are 
you know, three running games that have typically actually kind of struggled this year. I mean, Lamar Miller has picked it up as of late. Carry on Johnson has been fine. But again, the Lions are not a team that that throws up 200 rushing yards in a game. Uh, but they did against this defense. Like, this defense is not doing very well. They're not getting a pass rush, so they're kind of focused on that. Isaiah Crowell at 4,200 just doesn't seem bad. Like, Elijah McGuire, I do like him coming back, but at the same time, it's his first game action of the year. I can't see them giving him a big workload. Agree. Yeah, and Chris Thompson is not a great price on DraftKings, but he is on FanDuel. He is stupid cheap. He's $5,600, which is really cheap on FanDuel. And if he plays, Tags, I think he might be a lock against Atlanta. He was like going to turn. He was going to be in my cash game lineup if he was healthy. But knowing that he's not healthy right now, it's like I can't trust him in a cash game lineup. If you want to play him in tournaments, I'm fine with that. Obviously, because the matchup against Atlanta is just fantastic. Like you, you, you just don't get a better matchup than Atlanta. That was the game where Kamara had 20 targets, caught 15 of them. Well, yeah, I mean, the Falcons on the year have allowed 62 receptions to running backs through seven games. Like that's almost 10 per game. That's almost unbelievable. It sounds like video games. It's it's stupid. It's so stupid. But yeah, like that's the thing is you could rack up the catches against them. But if Thompson's hurt, obviously that, that drives Adrian Peterson up the boards. Do people play Adrian Peterson in DraftKings? Let's pretend that Chris Thompson's out. Do you play Adrian Peterson at 6,000? Probably not. Because I want to play Hunt and I want to play McCaffrey or Kamara. If I'm going and getting a third running back, which I'm not this week, there's four wide receivers I absolutely love then I would go Chris Thompson, even in, in cash, or or Duke Johnson. Maybe Nick Chubb. What about Tariq Cohen? He's just expensive, man. I don't know if I want to trust him because he's just that big play guy. Like, yeah, he's getting more opportunities. Buffalo's a, a pretty good matchup for a running back, but $6,200, I don't I don't really want to do that. I mean, you can spend 1000 more and get Alvin Kamara. Well, the way I look at it, the reason that I like him is because, like, the Bills have not allowed any plays over the top of their defense. Like, their safeties are covering that. They're not allowing big plays. So, Taylor Gabriel may be, you know, held in check. Allen Robinson might not play again. And if he does, he's going to be covered by Tredavious White. Anthony Miller and Mitch Trubisky haven't gotten on the same page. Buffalo has been fantastic against tight ends. So it's like looking at all this stuff, knowing that Jordan Howard has struggled, and it's like trying to put all the pieces together here. This is why I like the Bills' defense. I think they match up really well with the Bears, but Tariq Cohen is the one guy that they don't have an answer for. It's kind of like you watch James White. Like The Bears got a blueprint of how to use Tariq Cohen against the Bills' defense with James White last week for the Patriots. They couldn't finish drives, um, but Tariq Cohen has been electric. He's been involved more. His snap counts are the two highest over the last two weeks. So I like Tariq Cohen. I mean – I don't know if I can pay 6200 for him in cash, but I think he's a really solid play. He's 7200 on FanDuel. I would actually rather use Jordan Howard in this game than him. I mean, Jordan Howard's coming off a huge week. I know that he's losing snaps, but he had 22 carries last week. I know he did, but if like if you sit down and watch that entire game, he he was bad throughout the game and then like he he got like I want to say 75% of his fantasy totals came on like the final drive that the Bears offense had and he scored the touchdown that last uh, drive. So they kind of just wore the Jets defense down and finally got in there. So the game script should fit him again. So I'm not saying that Jordan Howard's a terrible play on FanDuel because it's touchdown heavy, but um I think Tariq Cohen is the best Bears running back to own this week. Any other running backs that interest you at all? it's so tough because like I thought about saying like Nick Chubb but there's 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 definitely a chance that game gets out of hand and he's kind of game scripted out because he's not a game script proof running back and I don't want that in cash but I think a lot of people are gonna play Nick Chubb at 4,500 he's just too cheap I want to say Mark Ingram isn't a bad play at 5,000 you get a guy that is part of an offense that is favored they're favored by I think two points in this game the the over-under is 60 so the so what are they projected for 31 points this week I mean, Mark Ingram is just like, he plays on that high-scoring offense. We know he's going to get touches. The Rams' defense has been solid, and that's the thing I mentioned. He's using the passing game, too. He was among, like, the top six or seven in targets last year for running backs. Yeah, no, he was, and that was, like, an underrated thing, and he didn't score any touchdowns through the air. So there was, like, we were all waiting for those touchdowns to come, and they never did. And, like, he was it was a really rare case where he caught so many passes but didn't score a single receiving touchdown. So we were expecting some positive regression in that area this year. I think he's a solid play, man. Like, I don't know if I don't know if you have to use him in cash, considering you know we're going to talk about some wide receivers here soon. But I don't think he's a bad play at five thousand. I also think that Latavius Murray can be considered at fifty one hundred. Tag somebody is going to win four hundred thousand dollars on Fanduel this week in the Sunday Million contest, and the entry is only nine dollars and ninety nine cents. I'm going to be having several entries in this one. It's a lot of fun. Tags playing for this much money. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't like playing for that much money? Yeah, and the thing is, it's not like only one person wins big. Like, there's going to be a ton of people winning at least $10,000. Another person wins 100000 50000 for third place. 
Um, and t- like 20% of the field wins at least their money back. Most of them are going to double up their money. So there's a lot of interesting strategy in these big tournaments. But I'll tell you what, when you've got that much money you can win, it makes the game so much more fun. So everyone check out FanDuel.com this week. Check out their app as well, which is really simple to use. And enter that Sunday Million Contest with me. All right, man, let's move on over to wide receiver. I've got several plays I absolutely love. Why don't we start with your favorite guy, though? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to skip over Adam Thielen because I think he's an obvious play. Well, I mean, not everyone knows why he's an obvious play, and I agree. Well, the same reason we liked Doug Baldwin last week, and he sucked, but <laughs> the slot has... Well, I mean, Russell Wilson threw the ball 17 times. Like The thing is, if, if I were to go through that process again, I would still like Doug Baldwin. There was no way for us to predict that Russell Wilson was going to throw the ball 17 times, but... Looking at the previous production in the slot against this Lions team, like Danny Amendola, six catches, 84 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, when he filled in for Randall Cobb, seven catches, 68 yards and a touchdown. Cole Beasley put up 53 yards against them. Like, you could just go down the line and just see how they've struggled in the slot. Quincy Anunua back in week one demolished them. They've, like, it's been a revolving door at slot cornerback for them. Um, And like I said, their defense, the Detroit Lions defense, just has not faced a lot of pass attempts. And when you break it down like that and you look at what they've allowed – on a yards per target basis, it's kind of ridiculous. Like it is 10.3 yards per target to wide receivers. I'm pretty sure that Adam Thielen is on pace for over 200 targets this year still. And he's going up against the defense that allows the second most yards per target. And he's playing in the slot where they have really big trouble with, like they're allowing a touchdown at a a crazy, incredible rate. Every 11.1 targets to wide receivers, they score a touchdown. Are you kidding me? That's insane. That is so high. It's a higher rate than the Saints defense, who, by the way, Adam Thielen lit up last week. Like, Adam Thielen's just, he's he's a great play. Like, honestly, like, he's one of those guys, it's like Todd Gurley right now. You just keep playing him until he does you wrong. Yeah, right now he's on pace for 192 targets, because he only had seven last week, if you can believe it. But, um, I mean, he's beat some, some good defenses as well. What's the over-under on Adam Thielen's receiving yards? Like 100? Oh, it's definitely, uh, I would say, in this game, I would put the over-under at 120. 120? Oh, man, okay. I would. Like, seriously, like I, the thing is, Detroit has not seen a passing attack like this that's going to throw the ball as much as they are. Adam Thielen tied Calvin Johnson's record for eight straight 100-yard games. Uh, he's going for the record this week, and I think he gets it in an easy matchup. Stephon Diggs is going to be matched up with Darius Slay. I do think that Diggs can beat Slay, but it's the toughest matches on the field. Whereas Thielen, dude, like we saw the Saints last week. He ended up with seven catches for 103 yards and a touchdown while the Saints were like legitimately double teaming him. Like it was crazy to watch what was going on. He was making miraculous catches. He has all season. I'm done like second guessing Adam Thielen. I don't second guess Todd Gurley. It's like you put them in your lineup and you figure out the rest. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at his FanDuel points since week two, 25, 17.5, 19. But tags with his salary, he needs 23 FanDuel points to hit value. Yeah, that's fine. I think he hits it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. I think so, too. But it's a little bit scarier than you're making it. Like, I'm not going to use him as lock of the week. It sounds like you're probably going to. Um, there's another wide receiver I like a little bit more than him, though. It's Mike Evans. Mike Evans. So here's here's the thing with Mike Evans that you should probably let people know. He ended up having to, to walk out of the game um, at the end of week eight, and now he missed practice on Wednesday. So we don't know if there's like a, an injury. We don't know if it was just kind of like a, a maintenance day off where it was like, OK, you, you got banged up towards the end of the game. We'll give you a day off. It's hard to say. Uh, I don't think it's a bad matchup at all. Like Mike Evans has dominated uh, James Bradbury in the games that he's played against them in his career. So it's it's really not a bad matchup for him. It's just more I'm more worried about like what's going on with his injury right now. And also, he's also more expensive than Michael Thomas, which is a problem. Yeah, he's seventy nine hundred dollars, which I think is a great price uh, on Fanduel. Michael Thomas is eighty six hundred, so there's a big difference there. Otherwise, on DraftKings, I don't like Evans as much as Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is banged up by the way too with a shoulder injury. Uh, but Mike Evans, he's coming off 179 yards, previous game 107. He led up the Saints earlier this season for 147, the Steelers for 137. I mean, this guy is in that elite tier of wide receivers, and his price just isn't there on Fandle. Well, it's like it's like talking about the Panthers offense, right, where I was saying that Cam Newton, it's like they have to pick their poison against the Bucs because like, they could do so many different things. I kind of feel that way about the Bucs this week where it's like with the offense where there's just so many guys that are part of that that it's like – trusting one of them in a cash game especially when you're paying as much as you are for Mike Evans it's like 
it's really tough to do. That's fair, but I mean, when Fitzpatrick has been the quarterback in the four games he's been the quarterback, those are his four best games, and it's not even close. Yeah, no, same with Deshaun Jackson, and that's why I think people like Deshaun Jackson this week, but Carolina, as I mentioned, they've only allowed, there hasn't been a game this year, if I'm not mistaken, where they have allowed multiple top 24 wide receivers, so you kind of have to pick your poison. You have to say, is it Deshaun Jackson? Is it Chris Godwin? Is it Mike Evans? Uh, O.J. Howard should have a decent week against this Carolina defense, so it's like trying to figure all that stuff out. All of them. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. <laughs> You're going to stack up all of them with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Over under on Ryan Fitzpatrick, 400 passing yards. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's what it comes down to. He'd need to throw for. So, I don't know. It's tough, but um, I don't know. Considering I'd be saving some money going down to Michael Thomas, that's just an easy choice for me. All right, man. So, do you have Michael Thomas in your lineup? Yeah. Okay. Michael Thomas is uh, against Marcus Peters. So, like you said, over under 60. So, Thomas is going to eat. Yeah, so that's the thing is like you look at the limited pass attempts for Breeze last week and the the fact that he threw for 120 yards. So knowing that Michael Thomas walked away with 81 yards is like a miracle. He has struggled as of late, which he's got 24 targets in the last four weeks. Right. And he's catching everything, though. His catch rate is still above 90 percent. So if he gets seven targets, that's fine because he's probably going to end up with six or seven receptions. But the thing is, is we know Breeze is going to throw the ball a little bit more this week. We do know that Marcus Peters was used the first time last week. They used him to shadow Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams hung 133 yards on him on seven targets. Drew Breeze is more willing to stretch the field. The Packers offense was last week. Like when anytime that Rogers threw the ball to Devontae Adams, it seemed like a big play was coming of it, but they only threw the ball to him seven times. So it was, like I said, the the Packers used a really conservative game plan. And I think the saints had to go back and watch that game and say, Hey, if we get a lead, we have to keep our foot on the throttle. They're playing at home. Drew Brees is traditionally better at home. He dominates in that dome. And like, so the Rams have allowed more, big pass plays than any other team in the NFL there. I think it's 10 plays of 40 plus yards this year. So we might see the saints extend the field a little bit. I, I, I love Michael Thomas this week. What do you think about Antonio Brown? Some of these other guys, Deandre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill. Would you use any of them or even consider it? Not in cash. I wouldn't um, just because Thielen and Thomas are such good plays for me. I think Hopkins is a good play too, but um, those are guys, those are guys I'll have exposure to in tournaments. You could go down a little bit and go Robert Woods and or Brandon cooks. Yeah, I like both of those guys. I think Robert Woods is an awesome play at 7,000. But again, like you're talking about, because I think that they're probably going to have Marshawn Lattimore cover Brandon Cooks, and he should do a decent job. He's got 4-3 speed. He should be able to hang with Cooks for the most part, whereas Robert Woods is going to match up with Eli Apple. That's obviously a great matchup. And then you have Cooper Cup playing in the slot matched up with P.J. Williams, who's been terrible. I know he won Defensive Player of the Week, but that is very um, misleading, (laughs) I would say, at best. Um, considering he just he basically had a touchdown on defense, and that's why they gave it to him. People who pick that look at the stats and not the film. And stats are fine, but not for defensive backs. His stats weren't even good last week. I think he allowed six catches on seven targets, but the one that wasn't caught, it was it was an interception that he returned for a touchdown. So they just it was on prime time. That's what I'm saying. I'm t- yeah, I'm talking about the mainstream stats, not the how much did he allow. For sure, but that's the thing. He's not good. Um, so I think Robert Woods is a good play, but you're paying for him. Um, I don't think he's a bad play at all, but I think he's more of like picking your poison in tournament lineups because the Rams have so many different guys. All right, so we talked about the top tier guys. Is there anyone in the mid range that you like? Because I'm going down cheap for my last two. Yeah, I like Devin Funches at 5600. He's a guy who's consistently seeing you know seven, eight targets per game. And um, Cam Newton has been throwing the ball better than he ever has in his career up against the Tampa Bay defense that it's allowed the third most fantasy points to wide receivers on the year. There's just not much to dislike about Devin Funches this week. I don't think he's sexy by any means. Like, I really don't. But, I mean, he's had some tough matchups. Like, like he played against Baltimore last week, so people are going to be down on him. But against Philly, six catches, 62 yards, a touchdown. Against Washington, five catches, 74 yards, a touchdown. So he's been getting it done, like, I have no issue playing Devin Funches. I don't think that you have to, considering the options that we have this week, like some of the cheaper options that we're going to talk about. But yeah, I think he's a good play as a mid-price guy. A few other quality mid-range options I like. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. I know it's Minnesota's defense, but there's going to be some scoring in this game. Um, John Brown against Pittsburgh. Emmanuel Sanders face Houston, especially with Demarius Thomas now gone. Jarvis Landry against Kansas City. But you like all those guys? I don't love any of them, but I think they're all decent plays. I think you have to kind of to pick your poison because it's like when you go to the middle range, you want to be sure because there's guys up top that you're absolutely sure about. And then there's guys cheaper that you kind of feel the same way about. Sure about hitting value. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is that's why I like to narrow it down. Just be like, so who are we going to play? So I think Cooper Cup at 6,000 is a fine play. He had a limited practice yesterday. Uh, They're expecting him to play. And if he does play at 6,000, 
he's like a mid-price guy that I'd feel really confident about putting in my lineup. I'm just saying I wouldn't feel I wouldn't judge anyone for using those guys. Oh yeah, I mean I wouldn't judge anybody, but in cash you don't want to take any chances. You want to feel really good about the guys you're putting in your lineup. So these value plays, I've got two that I just absolutely love. I want to know if they're the same ones you're eyeing. I can guess. I think I can guess who yours are. Okay, let's so see. So one is definitely Cortland Sutton. Sure. So he's 3,900 on DraftKings. He was the first person I put in my lineup this week, yes. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be doing the same exact thing, and I I can't really fault them. Uh, And I'm guessing your other one, I'm guessing it's DJ Moore. That's right. I knew it. All right, so do you like those guys? I mean, I don't know how you don't like a wide receiver against Tampa Bay. The issue is that I don't know how he's going to be used. Uh, If Torrey Smith is out again, which it seems like he could be, then DJ Moore is going to match up a lot with uh, Brent Grimes, who is a shifty cornerback. He's small. He's 5'10", like 185 pounds. So he's shifty. He should be able to hang with Moore for the most part. Like, he's probably their best cornerback. Hang with Moore until he catches the ball, because then after that... He's gone. Yeah, he's he's definitely slippery after the catch. Um, he's he's a solid play, and that's the thing. And they're they're creative with how they use him too, because it's not just going to be against Grimes. He'll be there for sixty five percent of his plays, but he also could be getting carries out of the backfield. Yeah, no, and like he'll he'll move into the slot maybe a third of the time, so that would be obviously a good matchup against MJ Stewart. So it's not a bad play. I mean, I think I'd rather play Sutton at thirty nine. It's tough for me this week. I really want to get like Thielen and Michael Thomas in my lineup, and then I'll probably throw Cortland Sutton as my third wide receiver. But yeah, I don't think I don't think they're bad plays at all. What about what about Michael Crabtree? He's really cheap on DraftKings at forty eight hundred. They're gonna have Joe Hayden on him. Yeah, not a deal. And Joe Hayden is like he's better than like so he was like left for dead by a lot of people, but he's actually played pretty well as of late. He had a solid interception last week. Yeah, I thought he was done, but he's he's one of the. I won't say like top 10 cornerback in the NFL, but he's definitely a good one. Yeah, he is definitely good. And they've been having him do some uh, shadowing lately. So I don't want to go to Crabtree, but if you're looking for like a kind of one that, I mean, I keep going to this well and it keeps working out. So um, Danny Amendola. So ever since Brock Osweiler took over, he's finished with eight catches for 59 yards, six catches for 84 and a touchdown five catches for 43 he's only 4700 on DraftKings, so you're getting you know a discount to play him and they're going against the jets who welcomed buster screen back last week but he's been bad all year too we obviously anthony miller was a guy that i played in a lot of my lineups last week and it worked out because he caught the touchdown there again him and trubisky just haven't gotten the same page um, because there were some other plays that they left on the field but danny amandola like looking at it Devonte parker might match up with tremaine johnson they don't ha- I mean, Jakeem Grant, are you really thinking that he's going to take over this game? Probably, but I'm not planning on it. <laughs> yeah, Kenyon Drake has been using the passing game, but these targets have to go somewhere. And I think that Danny Amendola provides a solid floor. Like if you're looking, you're like, I just want someone that's going to guarantee me 10 PPR points. I think Danny Amendola could do that. I don't know if he's a guarantee. I mean, consensus projects him have him at 8.7. I think he has a nice, safe floor. But if I'm spending on Amendola, why not go $200 up? and go for a guy that I had a lot of trouble leaving out of my lineup. And I've never recommended him cash games before, actually maybe once last year. And he had a huge game because it was just an obvious matchup. Sammy Watkins, man, if Tyreek Hill is out and Patrick Mahomes is the number one projected quarterback this week, Kelsey's not going to get everything. Watkins is going to be involved, man. He is like, that's the thing is like, you have to figure out how they're going to approach this. Like the Browns, like, do they have Denzel Ward cover Tyreek Hill? Do they have him cover Sammy Watkins and then kind of bracket Tyreek Hill? Like, that's the thing is like, we talk about this all the time. There's so many different ways that the Chiefs can beat you and you have to like pick your poison. I was approaching this game as if Tyreek Hill would be out or limited. And I mean, he did get it in practice. So, I mean, I'm probably wrong. So like, I just thought that they would take it easy with him considering they have one loss on the year, but if they're not, that's fine, but he could be out there as a decoy, and if he is, we could see Sammy Watkins have a game, so I'm not like crazy opposed to this one. I just don't know if I feel it's necessary in cash as well. Okay, I think that's fair. I mean, like I said, I've got four guys that I have ahead of him, but I also wanted to use Sammy Watkins this week. Any other wide receivers you like or think are worth mentioning as a possibility? Not in cash, no. Okay. Tight end, where are you going? This this was the hardest week for tight end for me. This is awful. This is awful. I I mean, I don't even know which way to go, to be honest with you, because like it really comes down to roster construction, because if you could pay up for Kelsey, do it. I would love to spend up for Kelsey. I don't have the money, though. Yeah, it's it's really tough to do that. Like you're going to have to play a couple of those cheaper wide receivers. You might have to play one cheaper running back. It's really tough to fit him in. But if you can, like if you feel good about the rest of your team and you put Kelsey in there, like Kelsey's like the one that I feel like, yes, he's going to perform. Like there's really no question about it. He always does. And there's nobody else. So you've either got to say goodbye to Kareem Hunt, Christian McCaffrey, or Adam Thielen. 
I don't want to do it. Yeah, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it either, but at the same time, it's like it's tough because what other tight ends do you want to think about? Like David Njoku. He's 46. I don't know if I'd rather play Greg Olson. Greg Olson has a better matchup. Cleveland's going to score on Kansas City. I'm not, it's not going to be like a close game or anything, but they're going to put up 25 points. And Njoku, they've got Landry and Njoku and nobody. Well, that's the thing. Is like I actually tend to – I think that Njoku on paper, like I think he makes sense. I don't think he's a bad play at all. I really don't. But are you not worried about him, his targetless game last last week? Like, also limited in practice this week? Of course I am. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be, but he's so cheap on FanDuel. 5200 He's cheaper than Vance McDonald, Chris Herndon. Uh, he's $200 more expensive than Michael Roberts. Yeah, that's crazy cheap. Like, I mean, there I wouldn't blame you. But, like, on DraftKings, he's 4600 Like, Greg Olson's 4700 in a great matchup. So Yeah, see, Greg Olson's 6200 on FanDuel. A full thousand dollars more than David and Joku. So yeah. So prior to CJ Uzama like completely flopping last week, and apparently he was dealing with some sort of an injury um, that could have led to his ineffectiveness. That game was also pretty windy. But anyways, before that game, the Bucks had not allowed a, a tight end to finish with less than eight point four PPR points. They had allowed uh, five of them, five of six tight ends coming into that game, score 15 or more PPR points. Greg Olson has now scored two touchdowns in the last two weeks. I'm not like in love with Greg Olson, but in a, in a week where there's like a lot of question marks at tight ends, he probably has the best matchup on the board. Like from a pure matchup standpoint, I don't know, man. Like he's like he's 4700, so they're making you pay for that. So going down to like OJ Howard, who's at 4300, it's a good matchup. It is, and like he's produced like every full game he's played, he's totaled at least I think it's 56 yards. That's who I'm using on DraftKings, but on Fanduel again. He's the fourth most expensive guy. I'm going all the way down to Njoku, who's like 14th. Oh, man, it's so tough. Like, the the names that I – so I know there's a lot of people that listen that are like, well, what about a cheaper option if you're, like, looking to go under 4000 No, there's no there's nobody. Like, it's so risky after that. It is risky after that, and don't get me wrong, but, like, if you really want to, Vance McDonald at 3700 is not terrible – uh, Roethlisberger does struggle on the road and like the Ravens cornerbacks are phenomenal on the perimeter. So Antonio Brown should be limited in his production. I'd rather play Kyle Rudolph 3,600 on DraftKings. That was the next player I was going to talk about is that I think Kyle Rudolph is like the sneaky one. I actually think he'll be the most owned besides Travis Kelsey this week. Really? It's possible. I mean, so the Lions, I, I keep talking about that, but the Lions have just not been tested. Tight ends, they've allowed the third most fantasy points per target to them. They're allowing a touchdown every 11.3 targets to tight ends. Like, it's one of those matchups across the board where they're just not good. I'd love to just be able to put Sammy Watkins at tight end this week because I don't want to pick any of these guys. I, I might end up with Kelsey because it is just so ugly. Yeah, that's the thing. is like you have to think about it like that, like Kelsey for 6,600. So would you rather have Kelsey and Tariq Cohen or Christian McCaffrey and O.J. Howard? Well, the Christian McCaffrey is only $700 more expensive than Tariq Cohen. Are you talking about FanDuel? Yeah, on FanDuel. And on, on at tight end, I'm spending $2,400 less on, on Njoku than Kelsey. So we're going to have to go down. If I'm going from McCaffrey all the way down $2,400, I'm looking at, let me see here. I'm looking at Chris Ivory, Marcus Murphy, Frank Gore, Buck Allen. No, yes. not doing that. Duke Johnson, maybe. That's the thing. McCaffrey, I don't I don't know if is he like a a must play on FanDuel though? Because he doesn't score touchdowns. I don't know, man. He's a great price. <laughs> great <laughs> price. I'll I'll take eight receptions for 120 total yards and no touchdowns from Christian McCaffrey, and I'll be happy. I like him this week. I just think he's a better play on DraftKings. I seriously might just leave Adam Thielen out of my lineup and go get Travis Kelsey. Because the running back landscape is is ugly outside of those top five on FanDuel. And uh, you know, I can find another guy that I like. Not as much as Adam Thielen, but the difference between Adam Thielen and going down 2,400 is a lot better than David Njoku and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I, I hear you there. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree with you. All right, man. Let's go uh, defense. I'm using the Buffalo Bills against Mitch Trubisky. Like I said on on cash games. That's exactly what I'm doing. I think the only other one you can consider is the Bears. If you want to pay for the Bears, I have no issue with it. It seems like Khalil Mack is going to come back. This is the best game of the season. Best defense against the worst offense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Bears defense hasn't played lights out. They, they look better against the Jets, but who who wouldn't have looked good against that Jets team last week? But that was without Khalil Mack. As long as he comes back, I do think the Bears are going to live up to their cost this week. I mean, Nathan Peterman is getting the start because Derek Anderson's dealing with a concussion. Josh Allen's been ruled out. So it's Nathan Peterman time. We know he's been terrible. The Bears defense, like, they've been struggling after the catch. Like, if the Bills were able to get the ball into players' hands, the Bears might allow some points. But they have trouble doing that. So, I, 
Yeah, the Bears aren't bad at 4100 if you have the money, but if you're paying down, I think the Bills at 2300 are, are my cash game play. So, Tags, I just uh, mixed up my lineup. I took out Adam Thielen to put in Sammy Watkins, but I was $200 short. So I went from Mike Evans to Robert Woods. I don't know if I feel good about it, but that's... Oh, I like that. I actually, I think I'd rather play Woods. What, you'd rather play Woods than Mike Evans? I would, yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it doesn't feel bad. I feel a lot better about having Kelsey than Njoku. Evans yeah. is banged up too, so I might roll with this one. Or maybe I'll just figure out a way to get Trubisky out of there. But it's funny. Three Kansas <laughs> yeah. City Chiefs and no Mahomes. <laughs> I would stay away from Trubisky. That's just my opinion this week. Okay, we'll see about that, man. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Like now, I'm going to start him just to prove you wrong. I hope. I hope it works out for you, man. I always do. It's it has been working out, so I would imagine <laughs> it will continue to. Uh, a couple other plays that I think are decent: the Kansas City Chiefs defense special teams against Cleveland, Denver against Houston, and that offensive line. Like I guarantee four sacks in that game for Denver. Yeah, I mean, that's actually, it's funny because I know we're going to move over to the tournament uh, side of things, and I actually think that the Broncos defense in tournaments is a solid one. 2300 bucks. If Lamar Miller stops running the ball like he had the last couple weeks against his Denver defense, which it's probably likely that that happens, they're going to be forced to move the ball via the air. And when they do that, uh, we see Deshaun Watson get sacked an awful lot. I mean, the Broncos defense kind of came alive. You know, Von Miller had talked about it. He said, you know, we need to play better. And the, over the last three weeks, they've generated 13 sacks. Deshaun Watson, despite not taking any sacks last week, is still the second most sacked quarterback in football. So he's got DeAndre Hopkins to throw to, and that's all going to be fine and dandy. But that doesn't mean that he's not going that they're not going to rack up some fantasy points against them. So I think the Broncos are a good defense. For GPP, I like the Ravens going up against Pittsburgh. You mentioned in Baltimore those games have been always low scoring. We've seen Big Ben just have some absolute meltdowns. And if the Ravens get into the end zone at 2,500, that's a great play. I don't think too many people are going to use them because they see Pittsburgh and they think James Conner, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't want to go against them. But the Ravens could do it feasibly against anyone. Yeah, for sure. And Ben Roethlisberger, he, he uh, fractured a finger, I think they said. Um, it's on his non-throwing hand, but it could limit his ability to kind of just shove off defenders like he typically does. I like the Ravens defense. I think they're fine. I think the Steelers defense could actually be considered at 2300 because they've been playing better. Again, these games are lower scoring when it's in Baltimore. So I think for tournaments, those guys aren't bad. But yeah, I, it's it's a weird week. I just think that the Bills are going to be so under-owned that I think that they're going to be a, just a great play in tournaments and cash. Mm-hmm. Here's a really sneaky one that I like. I don't think anyone is going to use the Houston Texans. Um, they go up against Denver and Case Keenum, but they're the second most expensive on the slate. Everyone's either spending up on Chicago or they're going to find a good cheap option. So I think no one will be on them. I could definitely see Houston having the best game of the week versus Case Keenum. It's possible. I mean, Case Keenum, like Jared Veld here, there's right tackle, um, Ron Leary, their left guard. Those guys are out. They're not playing. So we could definitely see that Houston like pass rush with J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney get to him. And uh, I mean, Case Keenum is no, he's not a guy that, you know, runs away from mistakes. And it, it's his first game without Demarius Thomas. So it could force him to do some things that he's not really used to. So I, I don't think the Texans are a bad play in tournaments. All right, Tags, GPP, you talked me into this one here for tight end, Hayden Hurst. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's uh he's one of my GPP plays as well. It's it's just like, you know, you look at this game and you try and figure it out. Like Pittsburgh has really struggled. They have a young safety duo. They grabbed Morgan Burnett in free agency. Uh, he came over from Green Bay. He did a really good job against uh, tight ends for them last year, and they brought him over to to help with that. And he hasn't been healthy. He's been out since I think week two or week three. Uh, so he hasn't played, and Pittsburgh's secondary has really struggled. The linebackers and safeties just haven't gotten that communication down yet. Hayden Hurst is someone that Harbaugh has talked up and saying that they need to get him more involved. He scored his first touchdown last week. He he finally matched Mark Andrews' uh, pass routes run. So I, I think he's the one that if you want to pick one of them, I think he's the one And against Pittsburgh. The matchup doesn't get much better. Yeah, one of these weeks he's going to go from three targets to nine targets, and it's just going to happen. And you're not going to be able to plan for it. And he's going to score two touchdowns. And if you have him in GPP, you're going to win. I don't think it's going to be this week. I think it would be after the bye against Cincinnati or Oakland. Great matchups, Atlanta, Kansas City, Tampa. He's got some awesome matchups coming up. In fact, I would pick him up in season-long leagues. But for GPP, there's a chance it happens this week. And he's not going to be owned by many players. Yeah, I mean, and, and we've talked about it. The tight end position this week is just tough unless you pay more, like pay up a little bit. And I don't know if people have the room to do that if they can play the players they want. Chris Herndon, he's someone that I, I said on paper looks really good. He scored the last three weeks. The Dolphins have allowed five tight end touchdowns the last three weeks. The worlds collide, and it's possible. I don't think I want to play him, but I just wanted to throw that out there because I think that there's some people that are con- going to consider it because he's just 3,000 on DraftKings, and he's probably minimum on FanDuel. But yeah, he's... 
He's in the conversation, I guess, for tournaments, but I just I just prefer targets for my tight ends. If you want a guy in that Sunday million who's going to be owned in quite literally less than 100 lineups out of 200,000 that you're going to compete against, Ian Thomas going up against Tampa Bay. I know he hasn't done anything. Do you remember when Ed Dixon hadn't done anything and then he ripped off 150 yards for a score last year? I am never going to bank on that happening, of course, but Ian Thomas could do it against the Bucks. He's an athletic tight end. And he's, he's had a couple games with five, six targets. So this is a, a very, like, shot-in-the-dark type of play, but I think it's got some upside. Yeah, this is one of those ones where I'm not, I'm not even going to call you crazy because um, some of your crazy calls ended up working out. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for acknowledging that. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me just because, obviously, like the times he was seeing targets was when Greg Olson was out of the lineup. Greg Olson's back. Um, he just doesn't uh, – he didn't appear to be ready is all for this offense and Greg Olson's still dealing with that foot injury man he's been very limited in practice so there's a chance he gets scratched they're just holding him out because like they know he's going to need foot surgery after the year and that's why I'm always about selling Greg Olson right now because a receiver with foot issues is not ideal and that's why I'm not going to use him in cash this week but the matchup is good but whatever I think Cameron Brate's a better play than him I like the I I mentioned it on our uh, start sit show that Carolina this year it's really odd but they have allowed touchdowns to three backup tight ends this year, Dallas Goddard, Vernon Davis, and CJ Uzama when Tyler Eifert was still healthy. It's just something, maybe when teams run two tight end sets against them, they just really struggle. I mean, they do struggle against one tight end. So it's possible that Cameron Brait, I mean, at 2,600, he could be like a guy that's like legitimately like maybe 2% owned. All right, let's move on over to wide receiver. Do you have any GPP plays that you love there? I think Traquan Smith is one. I mean, we talked about Michael Thomas. You did mention that he's dealing with that shoulder thing that's had him limited in practice and whatever. I mean, I think he's fine. I think that they're just basically giving him some time off and using it as an excuse. But I think Traquan Smith at 4,200 is an awesome play. He's going to match up with Troy Hill in coverage, and Troy Hill over his four-year career has just been really bad. What about Mike Evans at $3,800? We've seen him have two touchdowns in a game. If he gets 20 fantasy points at $3,800, oh, man, you're dancing. Oh, Mike Williams? Yeah. Seattle, like, they're they're puzzling to me, man, because, like, Seattle was a team that, you know, like, let's go through the players they lost. They've lost Michael Bennett. They've lost uh, Cam Chancellor. They've lost Richard Sherman. Like, so many players, like, they were missing um, K.J. Wright for a long time to start the season. Like, Earl Thomas got hurt. And, 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 like, they're losing all these players, but they're still playing phenomenal football. Like, they legitimately shut down the Detroit Lions offense last week. Shut them completely down. I'm just, like, really scared to play people against them now. Now they're returning home. I mean... I think they're four and three right now, and they've only played two home games this year, so returning home. Yeah, they're four and three, man. If the playoffs ended today, they would. Um, I think they would be in it. It's either them or the Vikings would get the second wild card. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, that's what I'm saying is like they've just been playing better football than I've expected them to. I, I think I'd rather play Traquan Smith over Mike Mike Williams, though. The Seahawks are second in points allowed in the NFC. Who's number one? Uh, it's not the Bears anymore, is it? No, it's not the Bears. It's the Cowboys. What? I should have known that. There was a. I was looking at this week. Uh, I was kind of going through the primer, and I, I, I couldn't believe it when I went through it. But the Cowboys have yet to allow a team to score more than twenty-four points this year. Oh wow! Are you serious? Yeah, like it's it's kind of crazy. Like you, you didn't think that that was going to happen, but you know their linebackers are playing really well. Their pass rush is there. Their cornerbacks are keeping everything in front of them. They could use some better safety play, but outside of that, I mean, they've been they've been better than expected. They've played some good teams too. The Giants. I'm just kidding. They uh, they played the Panthers, Giants, Seahawks, Lions, Texans, Jaguars. So no like world beating teams, but this defense has been good. Yeah, they've been good for the competition they've played. That's the thing. Like I don't I don't even know if they played anybody elite. I mean, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson when he was struggling, Matthew Stafford. I mean, like if they played Patrick Mahomes, they might hold him under 40 points. That would be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, I've got a, another one for you, and I'm going to do you a big favor because I don't think you are probably going to say him for the third week in a row, but it is a good call once again. Anthony Miller with Allen Robinson banged up. He's 3,700. He's got seven targets each of the past two weeks. He's going to have one of these. He's a very good football player. He's going to have one of these weeks where he has a big game, and it could be this week. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I'm glad you said him because I wasn't going to say him again. Um, like he has seen seven targets in each of the last two games, like you mentioned, and that's why I thought he was a good play. I thought the, the targets would funnel to him, and they might again, to be honest with you, because he's going to evade Tre'Davious White in coverage. So um, I don't think he's a terrible play in tournaments. Um, like 3,700 is not bad. I I prefer him if he was even cheaper. But I mean, Chris Godwin at 4,400 does that interest you? Of course, Chris Godwin always interests me. 
<laughs> he could be eighth on the depth chart and I'd still play him in GPP. <laughs> well, you could think about it. Like, look at it this way. Like, James Bradbury will definitely shadow Mike Evans. And then you have Dante Jackson, their, their rookie cornerback who has blazing 4-3 speed. He's going to match up with Deshaun Jackson. And, like, you kind of – Adam Humphreys, we're not excited about using him, right? He'll probably score four touchdowns. So, <laughs> probably. Adam Humphreys is one of those guys, man. It just – I who would ever in their right mind play him like even in the wor- best possible situation it's nuts man because like even if you went over the last two years with him I want to say he's caught like 60 or 70 passes in each year and it's something that nobody knows because nobody wants to play him I know man all right anyone else you like in GPP I'm having a hard time finding guys that I'm fond of Calvin Ridley I think is going to sneak under the radar Ridley might if you're looking for someone up higher to like get off the, some of the big guys I think that Keenan Allen is interesting you know I mentioned that Seattle defense and how it's like really tough to play someone against them but Keenan Allen he I mean everything is there like his quarterback is playing the best football of his career their offensive line is giving him time to operate the touchdowns have been there for the other receivers we've seen him have huge games yeah yeah that's a good call yeah and the thing is like the Seahawks don't allow big plays I think they've allowed one 40 yard play to wide receivers this year so that kind of x's out Tyrell Williams production Mike Williams has relied somewhat on the big play so I mean Keenan Allen eventually it's going to break out and you want a part of that because right now his ownership is going to be much lower than it probably should um, at 7300 for somebody that gets targeted you know over 10 times per game typically so I think he's a good tournament play. And I also, I, I mentioned it before, but if you want to pivot off of someone like Thielen or off of Michael Thomas, I think DeAndre Hopkins against Denver is a really good matchup for him. And everyone's going to see that injury designation as well and be like, ah, I don't really want to play him. Well, yeah. I mean, not just that, though, is like we have to think about this. We have Demarius Thomas coming to the team and like people are going to be wondering what that means for the target share. We saw Sammy Watkins against this defense last week go for 107 yards and two touchdowns like he was getting open at will. Bradley Roby missed practice yesterday, which we, we don't know what his status is for Sunday. But what I'm saying is Bradley Roby hasn't even been good. Adam Jones has missed games. They expect him back this week. But Adam Jones was someone that got burned in Cincinnati while against DeAndre Hopkins. So they've allowed four 100 yard receivers this year i think hopkins is a solid play but i think his ownership is going to be low because of the players who are around him all right man i've got two more names for you number one Devonte parker i think a lot of people are going to say ah he's not going to do it again yeah, there's a chance i think that it could happen number two is really deep it's tj jones he's going to probably play 70 80 percent of the snaps for detroit now that golden tate is gone and it's not a great matchup against minnesota but at three thousand dollars if he scores a touchdown gets 60 70 yards yeah that's going to work and so as for parker That one depends. It depends on if Tremaine Johnson plays or not. Because if Tremaine Johnson misses another week, I would love that call. Like, I think that would be an awesome call because Morris Claiborne is not, he's not great. Like, he's not bad. Uh, Devontae Parker, there was actually, he only scored one touchdown last year and it was against the Jets with Morris Claiborne on the team. They did get Marcus May, their their safety back. um, So that does limit things a little bit. But these targets, like, that's why I like Danny Amendola. It's like, these targets have to go somewhere. And... I don't think it's a bad call, but I want to see if Tremaine Johnson's going to play, and it seems like he's going to. All right, moving on over to running back. Any place you like this week for GPP? I mentioned Mark Ingram. I think he's a fantastic play at 5,000. I think ownership is going to be down on him because of um, the last couple weeks. In a game with over-under 60, everything I've talked about on the show already adds up to where it's like it's saying that there's going to be fantasy points to be had in this game. And it's like if you want to look at the one that between Mark Ingram, between Alvin Kamara and Todd Gurley, and even Michael Thomas or any of the the Rams wide receivers, Ingram's going to be the least owned. If I had to bet on a guy who we haven't talked about to get 20 rushes and multiple touchdowns, it would be Lamar Miller this week because Deshaun Watson is not throwing the ball much lately. He's got 22 carries against Jacksonville for 100 yards, 18 last week against Miami for 133. We know he's going to get the red zone work. Uh, Deshaun Watson had five touchdowns last week, but that could have easily been two or three touchdowns for Lamar Miller if they would have run the ball in the red zone. And they really were running the ball all game, so it it very well could have happened. Denver is not a very good run defense. I think this is a, a sneaky GPP play. The thing is, I wonder how people are going to approach that, though, because like Lamar Miller has been hot. And if you look at like what the, the fantasy points that Denver has allowed, people might put those two and two together and he might be, be more heavily owned than than you think, just because like you have to think about primetime bias. So when people see it on primetime, they believe it like, you know what I mean? Like seeing is believing for a lot of people and um, knowing he's done it the last two weeks. I think Lamar Miller might have a little bit inflated ownership. But the Denver Broncos defense, yes, they they were the first team in NFL history to allow back-to-back 200-yard rushing games to Isaiah Crowell and Todd Gurley. But 
the game against Gurley, it seemed like they just sold out like to stop the pass. That they were they were willing to let Gurley beat them on the ground as long as they stopped the pass because they were really struggling allowing the big plays over the top. And then Crowell, I can't explain that one. But uh, outside of those games, it's like they haven't been terrible. So it's like I I don't know how to feel about that Denver defense. I don't think it's a, a terrible call. I just think that Lamar Miller might be a little bit heavier owned than people think. I've got one more idea. Like everyone is always trying to look for that cute running back like Lamar Miller that you can sneak into your lineup, get a contrarian play. What if you just grab the three most popular guys: Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, you stack all three of them. You don't have much money elsewhere. You find three wide receivers who happen to catch a touchdown. I don't think many people are going to do that, and it feels pretty safe. I mean, I can trust Hunt, Kamara, and McCaffrey, and they all have huge upside. Yeah, well, Joe Holka, um, he was on the show a couple weeks ago. He's one of my best friends outside the industry, too. Like, Joe's a good guy. Um, but we talk a lot, and he was uh, he was telling me in his tournament lineups, he typically, like, narrows his running back selections down to, like, you know, three to five guys, and he sticks with them. And a lot of times it's, it's the studs because, like, you're getting rewarded with these stud running backs because there's so much volatility among wide receivers. So if you wanted to put Todd Gurley, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe listened to the show right now and was just like, yep, uh, as I'm currently sitting here, I have Todd Gurley, Kareem Hunt, and, you know, someone else in my lineup, like I could see him doing that just because he doesn't want to be tricked with the running backs. Like if you miss there, you're going to miss um, like like swing and miss hard because you need them to score a touchdown, if not two to win tournaments. And the, the guys that have the best opportunities to do that are the guys that you're paying up for. That's that's a great call. I almost wish that nobody else knew that so I could win it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, let's finish off with quarterback here. Then lock of the week, stack of the week. All right. So, I mean, quarterback, we've talked about a lot of these guys, um, like knowing that there's the guys like that we're talking about Drees and, and, and golf, like those guys are my favorite plays of the week. Um, Cam, I think is an awesome tournament play. I think he's going to be used a lot though. I think a lot of people are going to pay for him in cash. I think he's gonna be heavily owned in tournaments. So no, there's nothing contrarian about your lineup. If you're looking for one that is contrarian, Matt Ryan, considering he's the number two fantasy quarterback in football, this guy doesn't get enough love. Like, like he's been so good ever since he's got four GPP winning weeks, uh, four touchdowns, five touchdowns, three and three. It's not the best matchup, but coming off the bye, I could see him having a great week. I don't even think it's a terrible matchup, to be honest with you. Like Washington, yes, like like the numbers show that they haven't been like a terrible defense. But I mean, look at some of the competition they've played, right? Like Sam Bradford in week one. Week two was Andrew Luck, and that game was legitimately that there was a, like it was a bad game. Like there was a lot of rain in that game. Uh, the Colts got out to an early lead. They just kind of sat on the ball, lucked through the ball 31 times. Week three, it was Aaron Rodgers who was dinged up and literally had that giant brace on his leg. He couldn't move very much. He still threw 265 and two against them. Then you go on, they played Drew Brees, but that game, uh, in that game, he threw for 363 yards and three touchdowns. Then you go to Cam Newton. Okay, 275 and two touchdowns. And then Dak Prescott throws for 273 yards and a touchdown, also runs for a touchdown. So it's like they haven't... They haven't allowed like a tournament winning performance outside of the one to Drew Brees, but at the same time, they haven't been very good. And Matt Ryan has been lighting up everyone he comes in contact with. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the world. Yeah. In Washington, they just, so they just traded for ha ha Clinton Dix. But if you guys like legitimately, so watching all the football that I do and like, and trying to figure out in off season, what it means for defenses and things like that, when they acquire players, a, a safety duo is really tough to gauge. Like, so DJ Swearinger and ha ha Clinton Dix are, it's a phenomenal duo. But they have had like three or four days basically to get together and try and develop some sort of chemistry. That's not going to happen in three or four days. So there's going to be some miscommunications. I would not be shocked if they try and if Clinton Dix only plays like, you know, 20, 30, 40 percent of the snaps this week. But Matt Ryan, like he's going to have Julio Jones out there in a, in a plus matchup. He's not going to even see Josh Norman the majority of the time. Watch Julio catch three touchdowns this week just to troll everyone. I hope it happens, man, because I am so sick. I know. It's going to sometime. I am so sick of... I should have mentioned him during tournament uh, because I think Julio's a good player. Uh, yeah, he, yeah I, I don't know why we didn't. He's perfect. But no, that's the thing. Is like He'll be under-owned because that. I am so sick of people telling me, like, why is Julio so overrated? The guy doesn't even score touchdowns. The fact that he's like the number eight wide receiver in points per game without scoring a touchdown should tell you everything that you need to know. Legitimately everything you need to know. The guy has over 800 yards. I want to wrestle every single person who says that. At the same time, it's it's mind boggling, man. But those touchdowns will come like it's just natural. It's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan would be the obviously be the one throwing them those. And Washington's run defense has been lights out. So I, I, I think Matt Ryan's a solid tournament play. 
The other one I got is Baker Mayfield. Otherwise, it's the guys we already talked about for cash games. Um, let's move on over and do our lock of the week then, Tags. Is yours Adam Thielen? It is not, actually. Like I, I do think that he's like a phenomenal play, but Kareem Hunt will be in every single one of my lineups. Okay. I mean, I've got Kareem Hunt as well, but I would prefer Christian McCaffrey's lock of the week because I think he has the highest floor. I think Hunt has an awesome floor, too. Like That's the thing. That's why I'm saying Hunt. Like I... I don't even think twice about it. Like the the Browns have really struggled against the run. They've been beaten down, and knowing that Tyreek Hill might not be at 100%, even if he does play, that I, I just think it's a week that they should lean on Kareem Hunt on the like just going on the road, just pound the ball against them. And there's been plenty of running backs who have done it. As I mentioned, four times they've allowed at least 130 yards on the ground. Yeah, McCaffrey's low on the season is 14 PPR points. For Kareem Hunt, we're looking at five. There's a big difference there in floor. Wait, was that back in week one? Yeah, it was back in week one. <laughs> I was going to say, let's let's talk about the last, like, five weeks for Kareem Hunt. Okay, 15, 16, 16, Hunt has done that. Christian McCaffrey, we're looking at, uh, he's got 14 two times. Besides that, he's been in the 20s every single time. I don't know what you were looking at, Kareem Hunt, because I have him basically 29 and a half, 16.4, 32 and a half, 37.1, and then 19.6 last week. He's being used in the passing game more. He's seen at least th- uh, six targets in each of the last three games. Like he's u- being used in the run game. I, like, like I said, Kareem Hunt, my lock. Stack of the week. I am going to say it is Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. Okay. I mean, I, that's not bad at all. I'm going with the entire Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> Kareem Hunt. Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey. Leaving out Tyreek Hill there. Nice. I mean, they're projected for 31 just like New Orleans, so both are good calls. Um, Carolina is also up there at 31. I don't think a lot of people realize that. And uh, we know Cam's not exactly the greatest passer. Guys, it's Christian McCaffrey week. I, I mean, that's the thing. I, I think I have Christian McCaffrey as a top five running back this week, so I like him. I, I obviously do like him, and I think it's just he's so expensive, and the thing is I can't play him over Kareem Hunt. We have such similar tastes this week. Yeah, I've, I've got Hunt and McCaffrey as my one and two stacks. That's why I took Thielen out of my lineup. I think I'm actually going to stick with that and go with Travis Kelsey there as my number three guy. All right, Tags, that's all for today's show. Thanks to the sponsors of today's show, Pristine Auction. Remember, we've got the signed Devontae Adams helmet that we're giving away at fantasypros.com slash contest. And you can check out what Pristine Auction has for you. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. And FanDuel.com, where they've got the Sunday Million Contest. One winner is going to get $400,000, and it's less than $10 to enter. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me just all slow